As the dawning of the day moves us from darkness to light, so will the entrance of God's Word lighten up your life. Stay tuned for the teaching ministry of Charlotte Faber as she presents this light with Bringing to Light Ministries. Today is your day for victory in Jesus. Good day to you, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in to the Bringing to Light program. I'm Charlotte Falver, and it's always a joy to come and minister out of God's Word with you. I hope you have your Bibles today or that phone device where you can look up these Bible scriptures with us. But we've been in a series called, What is the Church to Do? I don't think we should sit idly and do nothing. I think we need to be about our Father's business. And when you see things that is contrary to the Word of God in your government, you call those that you need to call. Well, I'm just one person, yes, but your voice and my voice and the voice of the church, we can make a difference with the help and the power of the Almighty God. But we cannot stand idly and do nothing. Amen. Well, Shantae's going to share some good truths with you. Please listen carefully as she shares with you. Hello, I'm Shante Hockman. There is no greater love than the love from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We know in John 3:16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17, it says that God did not come to condemn the world, but to come to love us and to give his life for us. We know in Romans in chapter 10 and verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. God wants you to give your life to him today. He loves you so much. And there is nothing like knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord. He will give you that peace and that joy in your heart that you need. And it's, it promises us that he will give us eternal life. And we know in Ephesians, it says Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. It's nothing that we can do in ourselves and who we are, but this is a gift that God has given to us that we can have eternal life. And it's by His grace and His love. Please pray a prayer with me today and ask Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, I come and I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me from all sin. I ask you to forgive me for anything, all that I have done. And Lord, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise the Lord. We know in verse 13 of Romans 9, it says, call upon the Lord and you will be saved. So as you have called upon the Lord today, I believe that you have received Jesus and you have, saved, you have been saved and that you will spend eternity in heaven with me. Well, praise the Lord. Please call or write to us and let us know what God has done for you today. Thank you. 
Well, praise the Lord. I am so grateful that uh, God speaks to us through Shantae, and I'm trusting that you will take heed to those truths that she brings to you. Amen. We've been talking about why many people don't pray. You know, when we think about what is the church to do, yes, we, we need to do everything God gives us that liberty to do. But one of the biggest things that I think we can do is when God tells us to pray. He speaks all through scripture about the importance of prayer. We've seen that some people don't pray because of the sovereignty of God. They think that actually means, well, he's going to do what he's going to do. Let me tell you, God is God and he is almighty and there is none greater. He is the supreme being. But I want you to know that just because he's sovereign, that doesn't mean we don't pray because the Bible's very clear you have not because you ask not. Prayer is vital. We are also now looking at the word immutability, which means changeability. We think, well, you know, God never changes. Well, you know, I was just thinking of that scripture in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Well, what does he mean by that? That means his character never changes. The Lord even said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My character never changes. I am love and I never change. But we do see in scripture that the Lord does change his mind about things. It does, and he says, oh, I made a mistake. No. So let's look at some scripture where we can understand what I'm talking about when we talk about God changing his mind. When we look at Exodus chapter 32, let's begin in verse 7, and we're going to read through 14. So let's read together. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down for thy people which thou Thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Now I want you to know that this is when Moses had gone into the to the mount. He had met with God. We know that the Ten Commandments was written by God. The Bible says with the finger of God, and he conversed a long time with Moses about the things and the way things should be done. And we know that obviously Moses comes down and he shares with the people. But I want you to know here this scripture says, Moses, go get thee down. In other words, something's going on. It's time for you to go. For your people, now I want you to notice, this is so interesting to me. I want you to catch this. He says, for thy people. We're going to see more about that in just a moment. So just remember that. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. So get you down, Moses. Your people that you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Verse 8, they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I have commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and they have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So I want you to know uh, God is, is telling Moses what's going on. It had to be so grievous. I can't even imagine even what Moses' heart is feeling after all of these people have been brought out of Egypt and all they've been through, and now they have so quickly started disobeying God by worshiping a molten calf. 
And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, what he's talking about is they're hard-hearted. They're set on evil. They have not done what is right before me. Now, therefore, God says, Let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them. In other words, my wrath... I'm going to let it loose upon them, which you know that that meant there was going to be death among all of them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee, he's speaking to Moses, a great nation. Now, you, see, you look at something like that, you say, wow, God. But let me tell you, he warned them right up front that if you worship, if you bow down to another God, evil things are going to happen to you. Bad things are going to happen to you. He warned them of what would happen. So it's not like they didn't know. But the Bible says that they begin to play and do evil things, sinful things, and they would bow down before this molten calf. So his intent to destroy them was a righteous judgment. Now I want you to hear this. God is never unrighteous. It was a righteous thing that he did. He had already forewarned them what would happen, and they did not listen to God. So keep that in mind. Now we're in verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and he said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people? Now I want you to notice, God told Moses, your people... Your people have done this evil. Now Moses is saying to God, thy people, your people. He turns it. They're not my people. They're your people, God. Why does your wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought us forth out of the land of Egypt? Now notice, God had told Moses, these are your people, and you brought them out of the land of Egypt. But Moses changes that, okay? He said, the ones you brought forth out of the land of Egypt, notice, with power, with great power, and with a mighty hand. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Now I want to pause here and I want you to notice what Moses is doing. Moses is interceding for the children of Israel. Did they do wrong? Yes. Did Moses know they did wrong? Yes. In fact, you can follow through the chapter later, and when Moses comes to a place and he sees the evil, and he sees this calf that is there, and people are worshiping him, the Bible says he took these huge tablets of stone where God had taken his finger and written the Ten Commandments, and the Bible says he threw them. I think out of his disgust, his brokenness, his hurt, his anger, all of the emotions, he throws them to the ground. So yes, but you glory to Jesus. But when he is interceding, I want you to see a different side of Moses. He is not saying, yeah, God, just land blast them. You know, you told them and I talked to them and here they are and they're sin and they're bowing down to this cat. Yeah, God, just wipe them all out. No, that wasn't Moses at all. But a man in the earth by the name of Moses began to intercede 
for a wicked generation. Now let's notice here what, what happens. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out and to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath as he begin to beseech God and repent of this evil against thy people. Repent? You know, God, you said you're going to do this and this. And that must be, if I use the word repent, that must mean that you have sinned. God, you need to repent. No. See, this is where we mess up. That word repent is not the same repent that we might use of, I sinned, I did this evil, and I need to repent to God. I need to have a change of mind. I need to turn back to the Lord. You see, the word repent used right here literally means changing of the mind. God needed to change his mind as far as what Moses was decreeing and declaring. Notice this. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent. Change your mind about this evil that you have declared against thy people. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel? thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. Do you see what Moses is doing? Moses is saying, God, didn't you promise that you would make these, this people uh, like the stars of the heaven? Didn't you say that to them, God? How about the promises, God, that you made to Abraham and Isaac and, and Israel, Jacob? God, didn't you do this? Isn't this what you said? Wasn't this your will, God? I want you to know that you can do the same things as you pray for others. You know, God made promises and we can take those same promises and say, God, I know that you are just God and you might have every right to wipe out these people or to destroy over here, but God, be merciful. Have mercy upon these individuals, God. Have mercy upon that one in my family that's done all the evil and been on drugs or alcohol and done all this evil. God, be merciful to them, Father. You said that me and my household could be saved. God, I'm holding you fast, Lord. I stand in the gap for them, Father. Oh, God in heaven, repent of the evil that could come against them because of their sin. God, be merciful. Do you see? That's an intercessor, and that's exactly what Moses is doing here. And the Lord, verse 14, listen, the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. What did he do? He changed his mind. He was ready to wipe them out, but he changed his mind because the man Moses stood in the gap and put God in remembrance of what he had promised that he would do. I want you to know your prayer can make a difference, and my prayer can make a difference. I remember many years ago, I got the phone call. We lived about 45 miles away from where the call came from, and it's actually where my family lived and my grandfather lived, and I got the call that he had had a stroke. And uh, when I heard the call and what had happened, I mean, it gripped my heart. 
and uh, they said, yes, the side of his face has already turned in and you can tell that he's had, uh, you know, a bad stroke and he's not speaking properly. Well, you know, I, I just dismissed myself from all that I was doing in the upper part of our house and I went down into my basement and I took my Bible and I began to speak the Word of God before God. And I started addressing stroke. I started addressing the demons of hell that was working against my grandfather's life in the name of Jesus. And I demanded his body to get in line with the Word of God and be healed and be whole. But let me say this to you. This is what I said to God. Father, my grandfather has been a good man, a holy man, a man that did what is right before you. Father, he was the only boy out of many, many children. And he worked hard to take care of his parents and all of his sisters. He was a man, God, that obeyed his mother and his father. And you said that you would give him long life for that. Well, God, he may be an older man, but he's not ready to die. And I'm not ready for him to die, God. What am I doing? I'm standing in the gap. I'm reasoning with the Father. Father God, I am asking you to completely restore him. In the name of Jesus, I speak life over him in Jesus' name. And I mean, I prayed in the Holy Ghost, prayed in the Holy Ghost. Well, see, the enemy would roar at me and say, you know, He's, he's, he's going to be bedridden. He's not going to be able to move. He's not going to be able to walk or talk. The devil's a liar. And I resisted that voice. And I held fast to the promises of God. And I would not give up. Well, you know, a few hours later, I got a call and they said, you know, it's the strangest thing, but his face is normal. He's talking normal. He can walk. It, everything seems to be completely normal. And all I could do was weep with praise and thanksgiving and worship unto God. I want you to know no matter what comes your way, don't just lean in and accept what is being told you or the way it looks or the way it appears or what people may be saying to you or what a doctor says. Yeah, we want to hear what the doctor has to say if they've done their research, of course, but that is not going to be my final word. I'm going to hold fast to God and trust Him in those moments. I want to encourage you to do that just as Moses would not let go of God. God changed his mind. We mentioned this recently, but I want to go back through it if you will allow me. But the people of Nineveh, uh, we know that there was a lot that went on there. First of all, Jonah was called by God, we know, to go and to preach to Nineveh. He first, he disobeyed, and we know that he fled to Tarshish. But after an experience in the belly of well, he was ready to obey God. Did you say amen? So he did go and he did uh, preach to them. And the message was, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Well, see that right here, God in his sovereignty, God in his immutability, he had the righteous reason to destroy them because what's the Bible say? When sin is full grown, it brings forth death. The righteous thing would have been to destroy them, okay? But here was a man that finally obeyed God and he went in with a message. And what did the, yet 40 days, 
40 days, you will be overthrown. Well, you know, they could have, they could have said, well, oh my, you know, I, I need to do this. I need, I need to get this in order. We're going to die. I've got 40 days left. I'm going to die. But that wasn't the case at all, was it? They began to repent before God. They began to be so sorrowful. They were crying out to God. They were fasting. They were praying, God, be merciful to us. We repent. We're going to turn away from this sin, O oh God. And something happened. Jonah 3, verse 10, and God saw their works. Now listen, what did he see? Their works. Their works of falling before God, going without food, crying out of God, into God with repentance and sorrow of heart. They, and the, the scripture says, and they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. No, God didn't sin. And he said, oh, I'm repenting of that. I didn't really mean it. No, God doesn't sin. There's no sin in God. He changed his mind. God changed his mind that he said that he would do unto them and he did it not. He didn't destroy them. The people of Nineveh, they changed their mind about their lifestyle. So God changed his mind in destroying them. Jonah gave to them God's word, but God changed his mind when the people repented. Here's the verse, and uh, I had really forgotten about this verse, but listen to this. Very interesting, Jonah chapter 4 and 1 through 3. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now I'm laughing because I can imagine Jonah did not want to go and preach to Nineveh. He didn't want to go and mess with those people. But here's the thing. He said, I knew that if I went over there and preached what you told me to preach, that you would be merciful to them. You would change your mind and you would not destroy them. And now what does it do, God? You have left me looking like a fool. I told them you were going to destroy them. In 40 days, I preached it as long as you told me to. And now look, now look what's happened. God, I knew you would do that. And it was so bad that Jonah even said, I just want to die. I'm just wanting to die. Now, here he is thinking about himself. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that part of Scripture, but it's there. You can look it up. All words from God are submitted to the God of the Word. God may very well have you to say something to an individual. It may not look like that's the way it's happening, but you know, if that person repents to God, God will repent or change his mind in what he had set out to do. So again, all words that God may speak through me, they are submitted to him, submitted to the God of the word. And I can say to you, he is a compassionate God. He is a loving God. And he doesn't want mankind to be destroyed. But let me tell you, let us have hearts of compassion that we will pray and intercede. The immutability of God, he does not change his character. 
He is always merciful, compassionate, long-suffering, and this is a great reason to pray. Our prayers can make a difference in the United States of America. Ex excuse me, Ezekiel 22, 30 and 31, God says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I re recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord God. In other words, God says, I just wanted one person to stand in the gap. He did not want to destroy. I believe there have been many things that have happened because no one stood in the gap for a group of people. God is love, long-suffering. He is merciful and He's full of compassion. You may be the one person in that individual, in your family, or that you know that you could be the one that would stand in the gap for them. That when sin begins to become full-grown, that you say, Oh God, God give them longer. Be merciful to them, O oh God. And I want you to know God will hearken unto you. You may be the very one that will close that gap, that the vengeance of God does not come down to destroy where that person may very well deserve in the sense of that their sin has continued and continued. But God in His mercy can make a difference in their lives when you will pray and intercede. Amen. I've enjoyed today. It has just been such a blessing to be with you. Take some time, write to me. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may God bless you. I love you. I love you all. Hello, I am Shantae Hawkman. Are you in an area in your life where you need a healing or a touch from the Lord? God wants to touch your body or to just even touch you emotionally and give you His peace that passes all understanding. We know that the Bible gives us many promises of God's healing power. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4, it says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. I believe that God wants to touch you today in a mighty way. We believe in God's Word and in His promises. And I feel that we can just hold fast to His promises every day and to speak His Word. I know that when my little boy was sick, that I just spoke the Word over him and I said, Micah, you will live and not die, and you will declare the works of the Lord. And I know that the Word says that Jesus, He sent His Word and Jesus is the Word. God sent His Word to heal all of, our, of us from our sicknesses and diseases. Can I pray with you today that God will touch your body wherever you are. It, the promise says that He will bring us peace. And it says that God, He even bore the grief and the sorrow that you may have today. That God wants to touch you mentally, physically, spiritually in every way. But let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister today. Father, wherever they are, God, you know their need. And Father, I'm asking of you to touch their bodies. 
Lord, to minister peace and joy and strength to their hearts today. Father, I thank you for a healing in their bodies that we can just hold fast to your promises that by Jesus' stripes we are healed and we are whole. And Father, we thank you for your healing in my brother and sister today. Father, just touch their bodies by your power and by your might. And Father, we thank you for it that they are healed and they are whole. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise God. Please write to us or call and let us know what God has done for you today. And I'm believing and I stand fast in prayer for your healing and from a touch from the Lord. Amen.